and I think you are a little bit too clever for your boots. Hello and welcome back to another episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Today we're around the table with the crown killers. We have Shavi, we have Drew, we have Jasui, and we have Key. And today we're off on another epic adventure. How are you feeling, boys? Fantastic. Terrific. Cool. So before we kick off, it's everyone's favorite ugly human druid, Druid, here with a little <laughs> special announcement today. So, And that is our fantastic DM and our player Key have both rolled a nat 20 in life and are now engaged. Congratulations, guys. To each other? Well, not not to each other, but to our various different humans. That's it. So from all of us here, I just want to say an absolute congratulations, guys. Can't wait to see what the future holds for both of you. (laughs) Danke schön, Drew. Danke schön. Danke schön. All right. So without further ado, guys, we have to decide who is going first today in our epic little icebreaker, which today is... You have to tell me your name, your race, your class. You can include your level if you want to because it's been a while. And um, you have to answer the question, what is your character's greatest fear? So this is the only time that we play when the lowest goes first. So I'm just getting my nat ones out of the way early. Okay, my name is Key. He is a level seven shadow monk. And at this point of time, his greatest fear is relationships because he struggles to trust people. Druid, an ugly human druid, level seven, would have been commitment or relationships, but now seeing as thinks he has a girlfriend, it's probably the opposite. It's losing losing his loved one. And Jusui. Jusui Undu, he is a uh, level seven high elf rogue fighter, well, gunslinger really, and his greatest fear, losing his hair, going bald. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. And Shavi. Hello and well met. I'm Shavi. Assassin. All right. <laughs> and he is oh, kind of on the same trail as everyone else. He's afraid of being alone again. Hmm. He's got the boys now, so never again shall he be alone. So last episode, guys, you had made your way out of uh, Megaris on a boat that had been pushed ashore or pushed out to sea, rather, by Druid's well-timed tidal wave after getting some amulets of non-detection to shield yourself from the villain known as Delnak the Outcast. You're making your way to Mediteri where you are trying to get in contact with Jusui's members of the Foreign Legion of Angels in Almira, the flying city above. As you pulled into the city, you were taken aboard the Crimson Wing, a vessel commanded completely by uh, female pirates who eventually revealed themselves to be very close to Jusui in terms of family, his uh, sister-in-law married to his brother, who resides in the city of Megaris. And when you guys got there, they told you about the tithe that needed to be paid to the Demos Tortuga, the guardian or rather tyrant of the seas surrounding Megaris. It allows ships that fly a certain flag to go through unhindered. However, others are taken to a watery grave. At the end of last session, you guys docked at the Bay of Mediteri, where you saw a varying amount of people and activity and that is where we left off you guys had said your farewells to the crew of the crimson wing the ladies who had given you wonderful hospitality they ended up tattooing shavi giving him a new piece and after a brief conversation with Jasui radessa reed the captain so to speak of the ship with her brown long hair and her pointed ears told you of a meeting place in which you could find 
the charming cutthroat, who you know to be Monfrey, your brother. So we cut in to the city of Mediterri, a place that has seen much turmoil in recent history. It has undergone a lot of tyrannical control, and now it has been colloquially called the Sea of Thieves by many who has conversed with you about it. As you look about, you can see the docks. Many ships of varying shapes and sizes, sails bearing different emblazoned colours, showing pirates of different natures. You see varying people walking along the docks. You see some that look definitely like they are living in squalor and some that seem to be dressed to the nines. There is a blade on everybody's belt, wherever you look. You can see as well the dark smog coming out of a lot of the buildings and it almost presents a blanket across the sky above Mediterri, causing it to be extremely dreary and dank in this area. You hear the lapping of waves on the hull of the ship, the Crimson Wing, that you guys had previously been on that had taken you to this place. And as you look down, the four of you see something quite curious. Walking along the docks, you can see an extremely rotund large man. He has greasy dark hair that goes down to the middle of his belly that you can see wobbles as he walks. You can see he's got this massive nose ring. His lips are extremely large and it looks like he's missing some teeth. As he walks, you can see him munching on what looks like a pomegranate or some sort of red juicy fruit and he's eating it violently. You can see his eyes are almost bulbous, but he's walking with an entourage of about five different people. And those five people look like they're less in quality to him. They're wearing rags. They're carrying his bags as he does so. In front of him, you can see a bladed individual wearing a bandana, quite skinny. And you can see at his bladed point, you can see one of his slaves. As you look, you can denote that this is indeed a slave. So walking in front of this rotund gentleman and the gentleman with the sword, this elderly looking man with quite a little bit of a goatee walks to the end of the gangplank of the pier, probably about 150 feet to your left off the bow. And as you watch, you can see him pointing to a large pylon. And you watch as the gentleman with the sword and the small goatee pulls out a rope and slings it over that pylon, probably about 40 feet in the air. He watches the slaves move, or the slaves behind him move and tie a knot in the top of the rope and puts it around the gentleman's neck that was being led by sword point. He watches he says something more. You watch as he turns around, the rotund gentleman turns around and the rest of the slaves follow him off the gangplank and as he begins to turn, the gentleman with the sword ties the rope off onto the dock and kicks the last slave across the edge. As he kicks the last slave across the edge, just as he's about to swing out to sea, he swings forward, he swings back, and as he swings back, he stabs him right in the guts. You watch blood begin to pour down from this wound. He releases his sword. He brushes it clean, walks down the gangplank. You watch as this gentleman, now lifeless, hanging on the rope, blood dripping into the water, and you watch as a feeding frenzy occurs underneath him as he dangles and hangs, dying. Brutality. Oof. Big oof. It's really scary. Yeah, that mm. was confronting. Straight into it. What's the plan, motherfucker? Is motherfuckers? there a crew on the ship around us? 
they all seem to be meandering about making their um, making their ship ready to go again. You know that they sort of uh, employ piracy around the Bay of, of Mediterry. Do we think we want to go straight to this tavern and set up the meeting or do we feel like maybe we need to rest up a little bit? We can still go to the tavern well, and maybe Yeah, how about we go out. to the tavern and rest up? Rest up, yeah. Yeah. Then we can explore a bit maybe. Mm. Yeah. yeah, all right. I think while we're on the way, if we're heading to the tavern, can we see anywhere where there might be like merchants, traders, that kind of thing, all that sort of stuff? Because just the boys were pretty kitted up with some dollary dues mm-hmm. that yeah. could uh, buy some stuff. Could really. buy some stuff redos. Okay, so roll perception checks for me, everybody, as you begin walking down the gangplank and entering Megaris for the first time. 19. 18. 28. 2. Oof. <laughs> All right. So oh, on the back of my fucking head. <laughs> everybody except for Key, who's probably distracted for other reasons. You begin looking at your surroundings. And you can see people of varying natures. Most of the... Wealthier looking individuals are always surrounded by at least two more squalid looking individuals of varying races and genders. You can see that there is a heavy slave trade happening here. But as they begin walking along and you begin making your way further through the docks, which is quite an extensive part of the center of this city, which you can see around here on the map, you begin making your way through and you can see that there is a massive trading hub that seems to occur just off of the docks. And you can see that it is rife with varying different patrons that seem to be selling wares straight off the boat. There are some fishermen there selling stock and food. There are some jewelers there that seem to be selling varying different items of gold and and, and precious gems. And you can see a potion merchant that seems to be there selling various different wares. And you can smell this acrid smell coming from that area as well. So there doesn't appear to be any like smiths, but you do see uh, an individual, a tabaxi individual that seems to be behind a stall that seems to be selling various weapons. So uh, what would you be looking for? Weapons and armor. Go yeah, straight to the much. tabaxi for Drew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go with Drew. What would you be doing, Key? I'm going to the potion trader. Okay. As you will go to the uh, weapon merchant first, as you approach, you can see that this tabaxi individual is extremely skinny. You can see that he almost looks like, as you approached, he kind of looked like he had this grayish brown fur, but as you approach, he's actually furless. And you can see the wrinkles atop his um, his head, and you can see that he is one of those sort of bald cats. You can look and see that his eyeballs are extremely green, and they're darting around like he's looking at everybody touching his wares. And he sees this um, individual with a black beard move past his stall, and as he does so, he looks towards him and says, Hey, you need to leave. You've been here before. I know your kind. And you watch as he kind of like ducks away. The gentleman with the black beard, he turns around and he sees you and he says, Oh my God, you're fucking ugly. <laughs> Speak oh, for yourself, Nutsack. <laughs> I guess you've got sass. Look, these are my wares. Pay for what you want and leave. If you're looking at, we can maybe look at a good deal. I'd be very happy. A great deal? I'm all about deals. What are you looking for? And as you look towards his wares, you can see varying swords of different kinds. You can see there's only a couple of pieces of leather armor. He's mostly like a blades merchant. And you can see a lot of exotic looking daggers and things like that that he's selling. As you look at it, you can see one very finely made axe that has a pretty hefty uh, wooden handle. You can also see what looks like a hand crossbow that seems to have this golden filigree in the hilt. You can also see what looks like a tube, like looks like a, a, a... a rolled, tube, a rolled tube, but it has these different paintings along the side. And as you look at it in the light, it sort of glistens. It looks like a blowgun. 
blowgun. Mm. Don't know if any of that takes my fancy. What sort of armor? As you look at it, it just seems to look like plain leather armor, but if you want to ask about it, you could. Yeah. Tell me about the armor you've got there. Got this off one of the vessels that came in last week. Haven't really had a chance to look it over, but I think it's quite fancy. Mm. Can I have a look at it? Of course you can. He watches, he goes and takes it off the merchant. He, uh, the, the mannequin, he rests it on the bench in front of him and you watch as he caresses it with his long pointed fingers with these fingernails that just look gross and manky. He sort of like takes a little bit of a, a dust speck off of one and flicks it to the side. He says, as you can see, only the best in Mediterri, my ugly friend. Cool. I'll, yeah, I'll check it out. All right. What roll an investigation check or an arcana check. It's up to you. Not great. That is a nine. As you look at it, you hover your hand over it. Was that arcana or investigation? That was investigation. Okay. You hover your hand over it and it does seem extremely well made. It, the designs on it do appear a little bit old. And that's all you can really pick up from a first glance. Okay. But it definitely like given off some sort of... You're not sure. Nice vibe. Mm, not, not, with sure your, not with your check. No, all good, all good. How much does he want for it? He looks to you and he says, For this piece, exquisite marksmanship, great leather embroidery, let's say 100 gold. Done. Okay. You watch as he takes Didn't the 100 gold. Didn't even barter at all. Xavi says from your knee. Anyway. <laughs> I'll sell it again later if it's shit. He takes the gold and you watch as he weighs it and he says, ah, opens it up. He says, this is Empire coin. You're from the Empire. No, that just happened to be where I got the money from. Killed somebody that had it, yes. Is that a problem? Not if you killed them, left them dead. Do you want the money or not? Of course I do. Done. He watches, he tosses it up and he puts it underneath the thing. He turns around to you and he says, just a friendly word from a merchant to a customer. If you do originate from the Empire and you are their allies, I would keep that well under your brim. They're not well liked along here. Also, looking at you at least, somebody that ugly doesn't survive very long unless they have some very particular skills. Are you magically inclined? You can bet your sweet bippy. I'd keep that under your hat too. See, it's illegal here under the Crown Corsair. He doesn't like arcane users. Doesn't trust them, and so he shouldn't. Well, I think I'm starting to like you. I appreciate the information. Don't be caught using magic. Well, appreciate it. Thank you. The pirate lords will slit your throat. Hmm. My friend, to steer the conversation, how much for the crossbow? The crossbow? Well, this one here I off of a dead person who lay out the back of the Black Tide Tavern, so... Ah, so you don't really have any uh, money tied up in it? No, I'm not attached to it at all. Let's say... Mm, 150 gold. Let's say... 75. Done. He watches, right. he takes it. <laughs> he looks towards the gold that you give him and he slides the crossbow over and he says to you, I love new folk. <laughs> the crossbow is a plus two. Ooh, wicked. As he looks at you, though, Jusui, he he looks up and down your person. Can you please roll... Actually, where would your guns be at this point? Underneath my coat, but, like, thigh holstered. Do you usually keep them quite well hidden, or are they out on display? Uh, What's your usual general mode, mode of holding them? Yeah, they're usually hidden under the coat. Okay, so he will roll a perception check. Can you roll a stealth check for me, just to see how well you would have hidden them? Dirty 20. Okay, so he doesn't see them, but you can see him. 
you you look at him just sweet and he's eyeing you up and down and he does the same with Drew and he does the same with Shavi who seems to be there. It's at that moment the three of you look around and realize Key is not with you and we cut to Key who is drawn to the scent of this potion merchant. You look towards this individual and you can see he's got a very reptilian face. He's got an extremely long neck and he's swaying along. He's wearing this turban on his head. He's got these yellow eyes and he looks towards you and he says, Curious individual, welcome to my wares. Key's currently... Um completely obscured with his cloak so you can barely see see him except his snout is slyly protruding out mm-hmm. of his hood just before he answers to the trader i uh, just want to take in the environment of the trading stall roll an insight check that is a 24 okay so looking around being adept at seeing your situation in order to keep yourself safe you can see that the potions seem to be behind would look like magical barriers and you can see an alchemy station behind him. He does seem to have a varying amount of customers coming and going and as he had greeted you, in between you sort of looking around and being silent, he's turned around and served somebody else and is back to you now. And he says, Are you simply staring or will you be making a purchase? I'm interested in your wares. Do you have a potion of lightning resistance? Lightning resistance, you say? I don't have any lightning resistance, but I have this. And you watch as he pulls out this clear gray looking potion and inside it, you almost see like flecks of feathers. And he says, this could be handy. Somebody like you whose feet are firmly planted on the ground. I motion to take it out of his hands to have a better look at it. He'll allow you to inspect. Roll a investigation check or arcana. It's up to you. Uh, Investigation. Uh, That's a two. You have no idea what this is, but as you hold it up into the sun, it sort of glints and glistens almost pearlescently, so you can tell it's probably magical. Doesn't seem to have any dirty specks in it. Maybe. Could be poison. This gives me like Emperor's New Groove vibes. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a counter at this store? Yeah, yeah, there is a bench basically sitting in front of you that's made of uh, wood, and you can see there's a purple cloth draped over it. Okay. I rest the potion back onto the counter, and I immediately ask him to... Show me a potion of watchful rest. Potion of watchful rest. Do you watch as he begins moving things out and he puts it in front of you and he says, I believe this is what you asked for. Looks exactly like a potion of watchful rest. I motion to take that and put it in my hand to observe it. He will allow you to. If you want to roll a check for that one, you can as well. I will. Insight. That's a two. Again, you're looking very curiously at this and he looks towards you at this point and he says, you have no idea what you're doing, do you? Oh, I know what I'm doing. I just hastily put it back onto the counter. Sure. Show me your finest item. First of all, show me the money. I don't just pull out my wares for anybody. Well, I don't want to show you how much money I have, but I have various bags of coins and... I have items too. Can you roll a deception or persuasion check, whichever one it is that you're doing? Persuasion. Okay. That's a four. Do you know how much I make in a single day here on this port? Enlighten me, trader. More than you'll see in your lifetime. Look, sir, if you're not going to buy anything, I have wares elsewhere that I can take. Please, business or go. Make me an offer. For these two potions. Let's say 450 gold. 450 gold. I reach to pull out a bag of 450 gold and I cast Minor Illusion. And in doing so, Minor Illusion is a 
sound of a whole bunch of potions falling over and crashing um, outside behind his stall. Okay, so he's going to roll a a check to see if he can see through or hear through your illusion. Ooh, <laughs> kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> you watch as he hears this noise, this crashing and rattling of glass vials, and you watch as his eyes widen and he says, Shit. And he turns around to try and fix it. And as he does so, he looks extremely confused. You have about six seconds to react before he turns back around. What are you doing? I use sleight of hand to take the two potions and put them into the bag, which is not gold. Mm-hmm. And then I use feline agility to race out of there, completely cloaked. Okay. Through a crowd of people. So you need to roll a sleight of hand check first, and then an athletics or Does acrobatics he- to sneak away. Nat 20. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's back. It's back. It's back. What? What? <laughs> All right. So you do indeed snatch these things quicker than lightning. You look up and he's like looking underneath the tablecloth to see if anything underneath the table had fallen. And as you do so, you take this opportunity to wheel around dart through the crowd. Roll an athletics or acrobatics check. It's 18. Okay, you begin ducking, weaving, moving stealthily through the crowd. You watch as a cart begins wheeling by and as you do, you duck underneath it and walk along the backside of it for a while and moving out of his extreme line of sight and then you begin moving back around, wheeling nine o'clock towards your party and you can see them joking jovially as they're moving through this marketplace crowd as well. You look back through and you can see this serpentine individual just sort of looking and turning around and you watch as both of his fists hit the counter and you can see him just like spitting as he's looking around. You watch as he starts to pull all of his potions off and put them into cases. Very well done. You've gotten away with it. So as we begin walking through, you can see the three members of the Crown Killers, Shavi, Jusui, and also Drew moving through this area. Um, knowing I need to go to the Black Tide Tavern, I just make my way there. Roll a survival check to see if you can find your way there. So can I roll for... Because obviously we can't see Key. Yes. So can just we roll perception to see if he can, like, as he's looking around, you know, walking around, looking over his shoulder and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm you roll. sure can. Because uh, mid-joke will say, you'll start laughing and then there's just like a silent pause between the three of you and you're just like looking around. So all of you can roll perception checks against Key's stealth, which you need to roll. 16. I got an 8. Failed. Okay. So Drew and Shavi, jovially laughing. Jasui, you're probably the most curious of this cat, having had an interaction with him earlier. You look between the crowds, trying to peer and see anything that you can. Stealth. 14. And just out of the corner of your eye, you see darting towards the east, this shadow move around the corner and this tail unmistakably of the feline key. What do you do or say to your party? Nothing. Okay. Shavi might want to have a look at some stuff, but prior to that, I want to ask the the shopkeep merchant fella, yeah, Nutsack. Um, I'm specifically chasing you know, like some weapons, rings, cloaks, that that sort of thing. Is there anywhere close by that I can find that sort of stuff? Do you really think I'm going to advertise my competitors? What if I, I thought we were friends? What if uh, it's not free? It's not free advertisement, and maybe and I slide a gold coin his direction. Times that by ten and you've got yourself a deal. I'll fork out the other nine. Drew, what are you doing? Stop <laughs> just giving this ballsack kitty gold. I resent that, by the way. You resemble that. Be quiet. Fucking inspiration. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> At that, he points across the way and he says, 
that gentleman over there sells rings. You can get some magical items off of him. And you look and you can see a human individual that seems to be bald. He's got a horseshoe ring of hair. And you can see that he extremes to be he seems to be extremely well built and muscled. You can see him just like he's got heaps of rings on his hand and he's Excellent. passing things over. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cloaks, shields, that sort of nature. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell. No worries. Shavi, do you want to have a look at any of the daggers? Not overly. I've gotten this new tattoo. I've kind of grown a new liking towards this, so I might have to talk to Annie later. No worries. Right. Well, yeah, I might have her and check out the ring guy, unless just we wants to look at anything else. I'm just staring daggers at this bullsack cat. He watches he stares right back to you, and he just goes... <laughs> I just shake my head, look at him one more time, and just shake my head and walk, just let us uh, let us leave this uh, irritable kitty cat I've had enough of irritable kitty cats for a little bit and then I turn around and I walk towards the ring finger alright and you see Drew has already made his way there and he turns from a patron and looks towards you and he says what a very unique face can I help you it's the only one I got uh, <laughs> actually well, not really but you know uh, yeah checking out your rings what you got Rings that will make you strong, rings that will make you invisible, rings that will make you walk on water. Which do you seek? Hmm. Did you just say rings that will make you invisible? Indeed. How much do you want for a ring of invisibility? Sorry, Drew, but uh, that seems like a pretty good ring. Go for it. How many of those do you have? I only have the one. These are extremely rare. I'll take 1,000 gold pieces for this. Well... Drew might need it more than us, hey. Because we're all sneaky boys and yeah. he's the one that let us <clears throat> down. I'd also, well, I'm, I'm very interested <laughs> in the strength one as well. So. Drew, do you want the invisibility ring? or What's the other one? The ring of invisibility is here, but also... Do you have a ring of protection by any chance? Oh, those are a dime a dozen. Of Ooh. course I have them. Excellent. What if we want two rings? How much? Roll a persuasion check. Oh, that's a nine. He says... Full price for both of these items will be 1,300 gold pieces. Nothing less for the finest craftsmanship in all of Meta Theory. Are they uh, they're the rings of protection? One ring of protection, one ring of invisibility. Okay. So uh, I sort of just, just, we just grabs Drew's mouth and just stops him from speaking. I'm like, my friend, I understand that you are, you are making a deal with, uh, with my genuine friend over here but uh he is not the one that is uh how we say uh pulling the purse strings on this uh this transaction so uh how about uh you you and i we come to a compromise and we say uh uh 800 gold pieces roll roll persuasion yes 17. okay so he looks to you and he watches his eyes squint you've seen this look before it's almost recognition and he says Make it 850 and put in a good word for me with the charming cutthroat. My friend, uh, if we're going to go 850 with a good word, I feel like uh, if I give you my word that I will put in a word, we can settle on 800 and uh, come out all smiling. Drew's smiling. The value of a word, well, this price is here in Metal Theory, so... And then uh, I give him a nice big flourishing bow. And I say, well, Jesui Undu gives you his word. And uh, how you say I am very connected with the charming cutthroat. I could tell due to your appearance and also his. So there aren't many high elves walking around this city. Maybe in return, 
we uh, keep your recognition of, uh, of the likeness a, a little bit downplayed. I don't think I will have to say anything. If you're walking around showing your fantastic hair and pointed ears, people will connect the dots. Ah, friends, it might be time to put on the disguise. <clears throat> I have something for that for 900 gold for three rings. Ooh, now, my friend, you are making deals. It's almost as if I do this for a living. <laughs> All right. Deal. And we shake hands. He will spit on his hand first and then okay. shake hands. <laughs> he will pass you over three rings. The first one looks like a extreme golden band with a shield inlaid in it. That one's the ring of protection. Mm-hmm. You can see a um, he slides over something and it makes a sound, but you can't see it. As it over, it just makes this jingling noise and he says, I swear it is right there. You go to touch it and you pick it up and you're like, oh yeah, there, there it is. Have like you the, got a, uh, a chin? A chin? Sort of, yes, uh, I'll throw that in for free. What an absolute pleasure. You watch as he also passes you the um, the ring of disguise as well. Sweet. Excellent. So, so what does the ring of invisibility do? It allows you to become invisible until you don't want to be anymore. It's pretty cool. No that, charges, no, no nothing, just <laughs> invisible. We won't be able to hand that around once it's attuned to someone it's attuned. Yeah, somebody can use it, then short rest, then you can pass to somebody else to attune. Same with the the ring of protection, I think. Ring of protection is attunement also. The ring of disguise is also attunement. All right, so with your purchases made, can you please roll survival checks to make your way to the Black Tide Tavern? Well, that ain't good. 11, 14, 16. Okay, so Key, ducking through the crowd, your cat-like senses attuned to this environment, looking left and right for any danger that might hit you. You hear a conversation and jovial laughter and music heading towards the east and you follow that direction, weaving through the city streets. And as you do so, you can see the buildings. They're all built on top of each other, shantytown style. And some of them seem to be made out of the hulls of ships. But you can see also some pretty fine architecture made of marble and stone. However, as you look closer to them, you can see that half of the buildings of that nature have been destroyed and rebuilt in this new fashion, almost as if the city used to belong to quite a fine architectured nation and now it's just been washed away or beaten away by the warfare that's happening to the south you make your way then to this jovial raucous looking tavern and immediately as you see it you can see a large hull of a ship that seems to be upturned and is the roof you can also see towards the back large masts and sails that seems to have across the sail the black tide tavern This tavern is probably the biggest tavern you have seen. It encompasses two city blocks. As you look towards it, 350 people in this area. You can see that there is a band playing in one part and then a minstrel playing in the second. And you can smell the sense of fresh food being prepared, fresh fish being sizzling off the stove. You see people punching each other across tables. You can see one glass being shattered across another individual. You watch as two individuals that seem to be wearing pirate's garb pick somebody up by the overalls and shaft them out into the pigs in the mud that lands just in front of you and you sort of shield yourself as the mud splashes you as you do so. He um, opens the front door and peers inside um, carefully. It's all like an open plan in this area too. It's almost like a pavilion sort of thing. There's no door, but as you walk through, there are like nets and things that separate different areas. Is it, yeah, you walk on through. Is it dark inside? It's dimly lit by lantern light. Okay, so it's pretty dreary light. in this area as it is, but as you get further and further into the buildings, it gets darker and more lantern lit. Okay. I move towards where it's more lantern lit and look for potentially the darkest place, whether it be a corner or a mm-hmm. table. 
easy enough to find. You can find this area that has like a keg table and you sort of sneak into the booth and you sit down in this area and just purvey and look at your surroundings. Uh, so I take a seat at mm-hmm. this um, at this place and I then start meditating, whereas my senses get better. So I close my eyes and just take in the sounds of everything going along, mm-hmm. getting an idea of who is inside the tavern, but most importantly, waiting to see when people come in. Roll a perception check for me. 24. So you take a moment, your cat-like senses narrowing and focusing. Your ears begin to do that flicking thing that cats do. The raucous laughter and joyous music begin to turn into white noise. And you start to hear the clinking of a glass. You start to hear the unsheathing of a blade, the pulling of a crossbow string, all those fine features of sound. You're pulling through the noise. It's at that point you also feel tickling on your leg and a tugging at your belt buckle ever so slight but you feel it all the same what do you do i keep my focus and continue to meditate trying to push away what's potentially an itch okay you do so you feel it stop and then you hear a jingling with my pure focus um i wish to identify what the jingling is you have just been robbed. You hear pitter-patters <laughs> of feet along wooden floor and you hear this, ha, <laughs> got him. As you look under the table, you open one eye. You can see this tiny little goblin running under the table that seems to be moving through the crowd with a bag of your stuff. Shit. Okay, how far away is he? He's only about 10 feet away at this point. 10 feet away? Mm-hmm. Okay, I immediately move and pounce on him. Okay, roll a athletics check. 18. You move past the booth, pushing over the barrel, and as you do, you leap cat-like off of the back of the chair. You immediately grab him by the shoulders and do three rolls as you tumble, and he looks up and he's holding his hands up. He says, I am sorry, okay? I'm sorry. You were just easy dog. What did you take from me? Whatever was in his pouch here, and he just, like, jingles it up in the air. Is he from Brooklyn? <laughs> I take the pouch and I quickly open inside. What, what do I see? It was your potions. Okay. I put them back in and I say, what else did you take? I punch him and I say, what else did you take from Roll me? Roll an attack. Are you intending to do lethal damage? No. Okay. Roll damage all the same. 15. 15 will definitely hit. Roll your damage. Six. All right. You punch him straight in the nose and he goes, Oh, oh, oh God. That really hurt. Oh, gosh. Now oh, I'm all over the floor. That's all I took, I swear. Maybe I took these 10 gold pieces too. And he hands them back. I take the gold po- coins. I snatch them out of his little goblin hand. And I stand up purposely standing on his ribcage as I hear my <laughs> as I um, continue to have my cloak draped around me and I move back to my corner. As you do so he stands up and he says <coughs> Way to the wise, don't close your ta- eyes in the black tide tavern. Easy target. Word to the wise don't ever underestimate a monk and I resume my position and continue to meditate. He disappears into the crowd. It's at that point you watch as you would sense it as well, Key. The three individuals that you travel with, their familiar sounds, their familiar gait, the jangle of their coin purses and guns and various accoutrements comes through the Black Tide Tavern. And you guys see for the first time the same sight that Key saw minutes Excellent. ago. Cool. I might walk up to Key and I say, hey, Key, where you, where you been, mate? Roll a perception check because yeah, he's in the dark shadow. Say, oh, okay. That one. 26. The only person that is able to see key is Shavi. As you walk through, 
almost like your perspective from a lower sort of area looks through mm. the eye level of individuals and you can see Key just sort of sitting there meditating in the corner of this darkened tavern. But you guys smell all these different kinds of food. You can also see like beautiful human women and also all these different kinds of uh, people just sort of liaising with each other. And you can see some of them look like ladies of the night. Some of them look like uh, bartenders and slaves. All different kinds, yeah. Excellent. Do you point key out? I kind of just want to like walk over to him. Like I'm just going to like veer off from the group. Follow him and obviously we would see key. Yeah, so I'm obviously oblivious to but I just see the two of them walk away. But mm-hmm. before I do follow, I sort of pull my hood up because, you know, we're all wearing cloaks, so mm-hmm. yep. we'd be wearing hoods. So I pull my hood up and just sort of mm. slink into and it. And pulling your hood up in this sort of environment doesn't seem to be out of out of place okay. because you look around and you can see there are lots of people hiding their person and nobody seems to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Because yeah. everybody's got their own business in this tavern. Uh, you do end up walking to the keg that Key is sitting at and you can hear the gate of your allies getting closer and closer and as you guys watch his ears just focus straight on you as you guys are coming so he's aware that you're there. Excellent. Um, as we're sort of walking around, can Charvi sort of take in what sort of like slaver action and stuff is going on around the town? Like as Go we've been it. sort roll, of roll an insight check. Hanging around. 13. So looking around almost every person that you see has some form of slave. Some of them are treating them as if their personal assistants and they seem to be pretty well dressed but you can tell by the mannerisms due to the interaction that they are subservient some of them however are treated like beasts of burden or cattle almost you can see some of them being whipped or chained together as they're walking through the streets i'll say as well on your way here on the corner of the um of the easternmost point of the black tide you can see also a stage that seems to be raised up of, off the ground and you can see people moving onto the stage one at a time and people like holding up paddles as if an auction is happening for various different um, people. As you look at that out the window, you can see that as a transaction is made, there is a polite clap and you watch as that person on the stage moves down towards the person who bidded them the most and then continues on their way. And this is this is widely accepted. It's general culture here and you're just looking at it. Everything to do with slaves, copper ring stuff? You're not sure, but you had previously heard that copper ring was rife through this area. So yeah. I guess Shavi would assume that that's the case. Seeing yep. seeing the slaves, and that's definitely something that I'll probably bring up in conversation later anyway for Shavi. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, since we've noticed Key will go over to him first and well, he's sort of got the slaving stuff in the back of his mind now. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So you all arrive at Key's position. You approach. Mate, where you been? Been waiting for you guys. Oh. Have you found Monfrey? No idea. We have not just got here. Think, uh, I guess, we'll, are there seats in there? We'll sit down yeah, with him. Yeah, it's a excellent. Boot. So, surrounding a cake. Feeling a bit funny lately, I guess, with um, we've all, all four of us have been traveling together for a while, and you've definitely been, you know, like a, I guess, a good, you know, part of the group, I would almost say, in, in a such that you've held your own in battle and been helping us out. But, I feel like there's once or twice where you may have gotten yourself into trouble and, you know, it's definitely something that we could be helping you out with. I guess what I'm trying to say is I think we should do some sort of make it official that you become one of the crown killers. And, you know, I'm not sure what kind of family you've had in the past, but we definitely take it as a, we all cherish each other here as brothers and we lay down our lives for each other. I'm not sure if that's something everyone else feels you'd want to be part of. What are your thoughts? I'm deeply warmed by your sentiment. And I get up and I start walking away. But as I go, I cast Minor Illusion. But it's only a small whisper this time. 
and it's just for Jess Wee. And I say, follow me. And I start walking off to the other side of the tavern. Mm. So you hear that Jess Wee like a whisper across your ear. And the rest of you just see Key's tail swishing as he's walking through the crowd, parting it as he goes. Key seems to be moving towards the back alley of the tavern, as he said he was moving towards the, the eastern part. So, Key, as you begin parting through the crowd, you can see a door that people seem to go out, and then you see one person come in that seems to be zipping up his fly almost as if it's like a people go out there to piss. So as you walk out and you see the alleyway, there is just mud all over the floor. There is a smell of... of toiletries happening around this area you can see various kegs sort of stood up and the buildings are quite close together and you can see as well to your left the alleyway seems to turn around the side and there seems to be two-story buildings on either side so it's pretty well covered you look towards the street that seems to be to your right as you exit and you can see it's pretty bustling but nobody seems to be looking down this area the other lads haven't heard that obviously no, that was just for you um, so i sort of stand up i wait a few beats and then I stand up and I look to the lads and I go, well, my friends, uh, I'm quite uh, puckered out from uh, adventuring so uh, aggressively with you for fine fellows. So uh, I'm going to uh, find a room in, and uh, get the hay. Sounds like a great idea. I said, do you want me to go and ask the tavern, keep and find us some rooms? Stay, stay, my friend. I, I, shall, I shall get these, uh, these rooms. And uh, I get up from the table and I go and I don't even get rooms. I just walk up the stairs. Okay. Do they see me walk up the stairs or can I sort of... Roll a stealth check. Because the stairs are on the other side of the tavern. (laughs) So you could move through enough people and crowd to get up unnoticed. And you two can roll perception checks against his stealth. But it was a 23. uh, Nat 20. With a total of? Of 24. Both of you watch Jasui as he parts his way through the crowd and makes his way up the stairs as he told you he would Hmm. go and get a room. You watch him leave and you guys have a moment as Key has left and now Jasui has left. What do okay. you both do? I think I'll look at Shavi and just uh, penny for your thoughts. I think we've noticed quite a few quite a few slaves around town. Isn't it nice that Jasui is just going straight up and getting a room for us? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, on the slaver thing, yeah, I'm a little bit interested in this auction going on over here. A little squizzy? Definitely something we should be checking out while we're here, seeing what sort of information we can find. If it has anything to do with the copper ring, I know that's it hits pretty close to home for you. Oh, babe. Mm. Okay. Quakes in his boots. So do you guys head over to the auction? Want to come have a look? Mm. Or not? I'm just like, well, while we wait for Jasui, do we see what's going on around here? Pretty interested in a rest. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, if you're keen, let's go have a look. So you make your way across the street. Uh, in the direction of the chanting and the cheering. And as you move your way through the back of the crowd, you can see walking up onto the stage is this heavy-built orcish individual. You can see he's got this green skin, two large tusks that protrude out past his eyebrows, extremely strong. As he walks up onto the stage, you watch as four individuals that seem to be copper ring in uniform try to wrangle him, and he just, like, throws them off left and right. And you watch as two more come to, like, tackle him down. And as they do, they, like, pin him to the stage. You see that they get this circular branding iron, and as they do, they put it right onto his neck, and you hear it just, like, and he goes, as he does. You watch as he walks up, and you can see this mustached individual looks like the Monopoly man. You can see him has this hat to the side, and as he does so, he says, Well, 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 what do we have here? One of the finest specimens in all of the continent. Let's start the bidding at 1,000 gold. And you watch as there is people just all over here just bidding for this individual. As you see, the bidding just goes up and up and up and up, and in excess of 3,500. You watch as it starts to go silent. 
and you watch as the orcish individual is just standing there defeated. It's at that point you watch as 3,500 passes, 3,700, and you watch as 3,700 is gaveled down. You watch as this orcish individual is put into manacles and chains. He's walked down the other side of the um, the stage in the podium and walks to his new master that you can see is this very thin and writhe-looking man that you can see has fingers in a... Um, steeple. A steeple, yes, thank you. You can see that he is extremely illustriously dressed. He's got this massive pirate coat on. You can see he's got a, a grayish crew cut of hair that you can see used to be black, but is cropped pretty close to his head. He's got this very finely trimmed beard that is also well manicured, and you can see two hooped earrings at his side. He's got dark makeup under his eyes, and you can see he is followed by a uh, entourage of deadly-looking pirate individuals. He moves his way up, and you watch his, he breaks his steeple, moves up towards the orc. He says something you don't understand, but he reaches out and grabs one of the tusks and just snaps it off. Oh. As he does so, he looks at the tusk, pockets it, and his men take the chain of that orc and move him through the city away. Whilst that's happening, we cut to Jasui. Where are you going? Well, so uh, Jasui's gone up the stairs, uh, completely bypassing, buying rooms, doesn't really care. Yep. And is going to go across the second floor to the side where he saw Key leave the building. Okay. Um, and find a window. All right. And so he's going to find a window, sneak out onto the easement, I assume there's an there easement. Is an easement. easement. As you easily like uh, kick your leg over the opened window. Oh, and rolling stealth. Yep. You look down onto the street and I assume you're stealthing as well or are you just standing out there in the open key? I'm standing out there uh, meditating, taking in my surroundings. So, okay. so, so roll a perception. It's a 24 for stealth. Yep. 20. Okay. You can hear all the sounds of the street, but you don't hear Jasui. Jasui, you slowly tiptoe across the tiles. Looking down into the street, you can see the muck and the mud and sitting on one of the barrels just underneath the easement in a darkish corner, the cloaked figure of Key, his tail doing that thing that cats do as they're sitting just whipping left and right in the sun. Yeah. Pull my brand new crossbow out mm-hmm. and uh, notch a bolt. And I'm going to fire a crossbow bolt straight into the barrel that Key is sitting on. Okay. Roll an attack. You have to get above a 10. Oh, that's easy. That's a 29. You watch and hear this and you look down you can see the darkened crossbow bolt and you look up across to the easement above you and you do see Jasui attacking having revealed your position yeah and I jump down into the street with a sploosh no super superhero landing bro okay well you yeah. get mud and piss all over your hand okay no superhero <laughs> landing <laughs> no, no. maybe like a nice graceful uh, front flip off, off the roof onto yep. the street straight at key and I, I say um it seems that uh, you and I have some uh, differences to sort out. So I start walking towards him, fully cloaked, hood on, and I walk and, I'm, and I get there and I'm about 20 feet away from Jesse and I, t- and I say to him, answer me this. What would you do if someone reported you to the authorities? How uh, would you treat that person? What are the circumstances? I am, am I traveling with this person? Do I know this person? Is this person a friend or is this person a foe? These are all questions that you have not answered for any of us at all this entire time. And yet, my beautiful friend Drew, he tells you that he wants you to join our our illustrious organization. And yet, you walk away and pick fights. 
These are questions that you have not answered, my friend. So how am I supposed to answer your question? Let me tell you this. I think you had more options than immediately telling authorities where I was. And I think you are a little bit too clever for your boots. <laughs> At that moment, I take off the, um, the poor quality boots that I picked up much earlier. And I throw them aside, just showing my poorly protected feet. They are now bloodied and wounded, but my claws are getting long. Casting aside the boots just we had once thrown him, they hit the side of the tavern and slop into the mud. At this moment, I say to Jesui, I said, I can't abide this. If you report me, there is no way you can walk away unblemished. And then uh, he looks at me and we're doing a full on stand down. And uh, then I fire my crossbow straight at his face. Roll initiative. Oh, what? 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 Did you? what? Holy shit. That's it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're back next week with the conclusion of this epic initiative battle. So make sure you don't miss it. Guys, if you want to hang out outside of the times of the episode, make sure you check out our Discord and our Instagram. The links to those are in the show notes below. And it's there that you can contact myself and a lot of the cast to answer all your Dungeons and Dragons and Valiant Odyssey questions throughout the week. As always, it helps so much if you guys would be honor us with a five-star review at any of your podcast media outlets. It helps us so much, more than you can believe, and would thank you very, very much for it. As always, ladies and gentlemen, be valiant. We'll see you next time.